0: Section 3 of Lives of the Ancient Philosophers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Lives of the Ancient Philosophers by Francois Fenelon. Section 3 Thales. Thales, born the first year of the 35th Olympiad, died in the 58th aged ninety-two years thales the milesian was of phoenician extraction and was descended from cadmus the son of agenor his parents were compelled to quit their country in consequence of the indignation which they conceived against the tyrants by whom the more wealthy classes were continually oppressed they therefore fixed their residence at Miletus, a town in ionia where in the first year of the thirty-fifth olympiad or six hundred and thirty-nine years before christ thales was born he it was who first acquired the honourable title of sage and to him we are indebted for the philosophy which has been styled the ionian from the country that gave him birth for some time thales was occupied with the cares of the magistrate but after acquitting himself with the greatest credit in several of its principal offices anxiety to become acquainted with the mysteries of nature impelled him to throw off the burthen of public business and he retired into egypt at that time the seat of the sciences he there devoted several years to cultivating the acquaintance and gaining the confidence of the priests who were also the most learned men of their country he made himself acquainted with the principles of their religion and paid great attention to geometry and astronomy he attached himself to no particular master and accepting his intercourse with the priests of egypt during his sojourn in that country he was solely indebted to experience and profound reflection for the valuable ideas with which he enriched philosophy thales possessed an elevated mind he spoke little and thought much of his own interests he was negligent but those of the state excited his utmost zeal juvenal speaking of the opinion expressed by some that revenge is sweeter than life itself observes that such sentiments are very different from those of socrates chrysippus or the gentle thales et vindicta bonum vita jacundius ipsia non licit idem necmiti meti ingenium is then revenge so sweet we would resign e'en life itself to purchase the delight not such thy thoughts mild chrysippus nor thine ingenious thales on his return to Miletus, thales lived in great solitude devoting himself almost exclusively to the contemplation of the heavenly bodies his love of wisdom induced him to prefer the tranquillity of a single life to the cares which accompany the marriage state when he was only twenty-three years of age his mother cleobulina warmly urged him to accept of an advantageous match which was proposed to him when a man is young replied thales it is too early for him to marry when he is old it is too late and between these two periods he ought not to be able to command leisure enough to choose a wife it is said however by some that thales toward the close of life married an egyptian lady who had composed several admirable works one day some strangers at Miletus, sailing by the island of cuos agreed to pay a certain price to some fishermen who had just thrown their nets into the sea for whatever they might happen to take at that draft they drew up a tripod of solid gold which it is said helen had formerly when returning from troy thrown in at that place on account of an ancient oracle which came into her recollection a dispute arose between the fishermen and the strangers as to the possession of the tripod the cities to which the parties respectively belonged became interested in the discussion each supporting the claim of its own citizens they were all in consequence on the point of coming to an open rupture when it was agreed unanimously that the matter in question should be referred to the decision of the oracle they accordingly sent to delphos and the answer of the oracle was that the tripod should be given to the most wise it was therefore sent immediately to thales who dispatched it to bias the modesty of bias would not suffer him to retain it he transferred it to a third the third to a fourth and the fourth sent it to solon there is no wiser being than god said solon and with this remark he sent the tripod to delphos where it was consecrated to apollo some young men of melito's reproaching thales one day with his philosophy told him it must be of a very unprofitable nature since it had not the power of raising him above indigence thales condescended to explain to them that the reason why philosophers do not amass riches was that they held them in contempt otherwise it would be easy for them to acquire things on which they set no value it is said that thales was enabled by his astronomical observations to foresee that a particular year would be unusually productive he therefore bought up that year before they came into season the produce of all the olive trees in the vicinity of Miletus. the crops proved abundant and thales made a considerable profit of his bargain but he was disinterested enough to distribute all that he gained by it among the merchants of miletus whom he called together for the purpose thus proving the sincerity of his assertion that philosophers did not place their happiness in the possession of wealth thales used to thank the gods for three things that he was born a rational being rather than a brute a man rather than a woman and a greek rather than a barbarian he believed that the world was originally framed as we at present see it by an intelligent being who had never had a beginning and would never have an end thales was the first among the greeks who inculcated the doctrine of the immortality of the soul a man came to him one day to inquire whether it was possible for human beings to conceal their actions from the gods to the gods said thales not even our most secret thoughts can ever be unknown space he used to say is the most comprehensive of all things because in it all beings are contained necessity is the strongest because it compels the accomplishment of all purposes mind the swiftest because in an instant it traverses the universe and time the wisest because it penetrates all secrets but of all things free will is the most lovely and delightful he continually repeated the maxim that much speaking is no mark of superior understanding that we ought to bear our friends in mind equally in absence as when present and to succour our parents in order to have a claim on the assistance of our children that there is nothing so base as to suffer a tyrant to live to old age and that we may derive consolation in adversity from knowing that our persecutors are as unhappy as ourselves this last remark in a man so mild and benevolent as thales shows how far inferior the highest pitch of heathen virtues was to the precepts at once sublime and lowly of the christian religion which teaches us to return good for evil to forgive our enemies and to pray for those that despitefully use us his next precept however is more accordant with the great rule on which all christian morality turns that we ought never to do that ourselves which we should blame if done by another thales held true happiness to consist in good health moderate fortune and pursuits free from effeminacy and ignorance nothing appeared so difficult to thales as self-knowledge to him we owe that excellent precept which was afterwards engraved on a tablet of gold and consecrated in the temple of apollo know thyself a precept so fraught with materials for reflection and so sublime in its wisdom that it is styled by juvenal heaven descended and ascribed by him to the bright-haired god himself thales maintained that there was no difference between life and death being asked why in that case he did not destroy himself because replied he life or death being the same thing i have no motive for preferring one to the other thales sometimes recreated his mind with poetry and to him is attributed the invention of hexameter verse a man who was accused and with reason of adultery came one day to the philosopher and asked if he might not justify himself by making oath of his innocency is perjury a less crime than adultery inquired thales jestingly Mandritus of priene who had been instructed by thales came one day to Miletus to pay him a visit and said to him what can i do o thales sufficiently to testify the gratitude i feel for all the noble precepts i have received from you when the opportunity may occur replied thales for you to instruct others let them know at the same time that it is to me you are indebted for your doctrines this acknowledgment will be in you a proof of the most praiseworthy modesty and to me the richest reward i can desire to receive Thales was the first among the greeks who applied himself to the study of physics and astronomy he maintained that water was the primary principle of all things that earth was water condensed and air water rarefied that all bodies were perpetually changing and combining one with another and that at last all would be resolved into water that the universe was animated and full of invisible beings who were perpetually passing and repassing in all directions that the earth was in the middle of the universe that it revolved round its own centre which was the same with that of the universe and that the waters of the sea on which it was balanced gave it a certain impulse which was the cause of its movements the astonishing effects of the lodestone and of amber and the sympathies existing between particular substances of the same nature induced him to believe that all matter was animated the inundations of the nile he attributed to the periodical winds which blow from the north to the south retarding the waters of the river the course of which is from the south to the north and forcing them thereby to disembogue themselves upon the country to thales we owe the first predictions respecting eclipses of the sun and moon and also the first observations on the motions of these bodies he believed that the sun was a body luminous in itself and of which the bulk was a hundred and twenty times more than that of the moon that the moon was an opaque body capable of reflecting the rays of the sun only on half its surface and on this principle it was that he accounted for the various forms under which the moon appears to us he also it was who first inquired into the nature of thunderbolts the origin of the winds and the cause of thunder and lightning before his time the method was unknown of measuring the height of towers and pyramids by taking the length of their shadows at the meridian whilst the sun was in the equinox he fixed the duration of the year to three hundred and sixty-five days regulated the order of the seasons and limited the month to thirty days adding five days at the end of each twelve months in order to complete the course of the year according to the method he had observed to be practised in egypt to him also we owe our acquaintance with the star called ursa minor by which the phoenicians regulated their navigation one day going out to contemplate the position of the stars at some short distance from his house thales chanced to fall into a ditch an old female servant of the family immediately ran to his assistance but having extricated him she could not help saying to him laughingly why thales how is it that you who know everything that is going on in the heavens cannot see what is directly under your feet thales during all his life was held in the highest estimation and was consulted in all matters of importance croesus having entered into war against the persians advanced at the head of a numerous army on the banks of the river Halles but having neither boats nor bridges in finding the river unfordable he was greatly embarrassed as to effecting a passage across it thales happened to be in the camp at that time he assured croesus that he would enable the army to cross the river notwithstanding the absence of both boats and bridges he accordingly set the men to work immediately in digging a deep trench in the form of a crescent which extended from one extremity of the camp to the other by this means the river was divided into two arms each of which was fordable and the army was consequently enabled to pass over without any difficulty during this war croesus was very anxious to make an alliance with the milesians but thales would never consent to it and his prudence ultimately secured the preservation of his country for cyrus having conquered the lydians sacked all the towns which had joined in confederacy with them but spared Miletus because it had taken no active part against him when far advanced in years thales one day gave orders to be carried upon a terrace and placed there in order that he might witness at his ease the combats of the amphitheatre unfortunately the excessive heat brought on so violent a revulsion in his blood that he suddenly expired on the spot whence he was surveying the combats this was in the fifty-eighth olympiad and the ninety-second year of his age his funeral obsequies were graced by the Miletians with the most magnificent honours that their respect for him could devise End of section three.